Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Revelation, we, uh, we're in chapter 8. We had finished up the seven seals and looked in detail at the uh, first of seven of the seven trumpets here in the eighth chapter of the book of Revelation. So in verse 7, it says, The first angel sounded, and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth. And a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. And so we looked at the symbolism here and saw that trees can represent the righteous. And then grass can represent those living for the flesh or those who do wickedly, according to Malachi chapter 4, verse 1. And so... It's telling us here that both will suffer. A third of the righteous will fall. A third of the trees will fall. And again, a third is symbolic because we know how many many angels fell with Lucifer? A third of the angels fell. So here, a third of the righteous fell. And so there's going to be a great falling away that the Bible talks about. Jesus referred to it. The book of Thessalonians talks about it. The book of Revelation. It's in several different places where there's going to be a great falling away of the righteous. People are going to betray. Christians are going to betray one another, turn on each other. And many are going to get offended and their love for God and for one another is going to grow cold. And so we looked at the symbolism there, but also, again, these things can be literal. And I believe are. I believe this is a spiritual side and a natural side to the things that we see here in the book of Revelation. Some people just go all spiritual. Some people just go all natural. Most people go all natural. And so that's why I've been emphasizing a little bit more of the spiritual side of it. But there is a natural side to it because we know if we go to Exodus... The ninth chapter, in the days of Moses, there were certain plagues that came upon the nation of Egypt. And many of them parallel what we see described coming in the last days in the book of Revelation. And they were real, natural plagues that came upon the land. So here, it talks about hail and fire mingled with blood. And again, hail representing something that's ice cold. The fire representing something that's red hot. Jesus said, I would that you be hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. And so in these last days, there's not going to be any lukewarm. Everybody's going to move, be moved either to the one side or to the other. You're going to be for God or you're against him. Of course, that really is how it is. You're either for me or against me, Jesus said. But a lot of times we can't tell. Because of the lukewarm, you can't really tell who's against them because they're not really cold, they're, they're warm. They've got some of Christ in them, some of his attributes in them. I mean, they quote scripture and 
go to Bible studies and all kinds of things. And so sometimes, you, you know, you can't make a distinction of those who are, who are for him, who are for us, and who's against him or against us. But the day's coming where it's going to be clear. The hot are going to be hot. The cold are going to be cold. Blood will be mingled because there will be martyrs as a result of that. But again, there is a literal hell and fire and these things. We see it in Exodus chapter 9. We could pick it up here in verse 22. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand towards heaven, that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt, on man, on beast, and on every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt. And Moses stretched out his rod towards heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail and fire. So hail and fire darted to the ground. And the Lord rained hell on the land of Egypt. How many people know lightning is fire? I mean, that's what it is. So there was hell and fire mingled with the hell. So very heavy that there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. And the hell struck throughout the whole land of Egypt. All that was in the field, both man and beast... And the hail struck every herb of the field and broke every tree of the field. Well, if you got a hail that's cracking people's skulls open, you're going to have blood, right? So here you got the, the hail, the fire, and the blood. And it is literal. And I believe it's going to be literal in these last days, but it's not going to just be limited to Egypt. It's going to be worldwide. This is a worldwide catastrophic event. But I love verse 26. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, there was no hell. Praise God. Where God's people were, that hell couldn't touch them. See, you got to understand, you and I got a blood covenant with the Almighty God through Jesus. And we've got guaranteed protection. That's why he said, a thousand will fall at your side. 10,000 at your right hand, but it won't come near you. Now, at your side and at your right hand sounds pretty near. But yet, from God's perspective, from, the, from faith's perspective, it's not even near you. It's not even close to happening to you because you are sanctified. You are set apart unto God. See, you and I are going to stand out in these last days. We're going to be clothed with the glory of God. And while destruction is taking place all around us, we're going to have our faith shield up. And it's going to quench all this destruction from coming into our life. It's going to protect us. We have divine protection. We are for signs and wonders in these last days. So that's why you got to watch about what you watch. The news and what's going on around you and, and all the fear. Because what's going on around you isn't supposed to happen to you. We're in Goshen. We're in God. And so we're safe. We're protected from all this destruction. Now, Revelations chapter 8. We continue here in verse 8. It says, then the second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. 
and a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Well, again, looking at it purely natural, and there is a natural side to this, I mean, this describes a great meteor coming and hitting the earth, does it not? If if you looked up and saw a big meteor coming, how might you describe it? As a mountain, as a great mountain on fire being thrown to the earth. And, uh, you know, if you do a little research, there, uh, in, two, in 2009, a large asteroid called Apophis is projected to visit the earth. And then another one in 2232. So, um, that's very interesting that we have uh, these asteroids that might come, one might come in, in early as nine years, nine years from now. There's one that could possibly hit the earth. There was someone that actually had a vision. They saw an asteroid, I believe it was this one, hit the earth. And it was in around that 2029, I believe, is, is, what, is when they, they saw it happen. So, um, so that's interesting. So it says the sea becoming blood. The sea became blood. Well, again, if you go Back to the plagues that came upon Egypt, we saw that the river was turned to blood and all the streams were turned to blood. So things turning to blood uh, is not new. In fact, in China, in 2016, I don't know if people heard of that report where uh, a, a great river there turned to blood. I mean, it was as red as blood. Did anybody ever remember that? Yeah. Yeah, why don't we pull up the pictures for that? I actually have some pictures here for you to see that. A video. Residents in eastern China woke up early this week to find the river that runs through their city had turned blood red. The other night, folks smelled something strange, and then the Wenzhou River turned red, blood red, and nobody knows why. While officials aren't exactly sure what caused the discoloration, it's likely not the beginning of a biblical plague. Yeah, or even it's actually not, real blood. It's Media not likely. The US seem to be just we don't know what it is, but no. We're going to mock the idea that it could be come from, from God. We're done. I think we're done, right? Is there more? To, oh, there's more to say. I'm sorry. I'm interrupting. Go ahead. Someone illegally dumpling, dumping artificial coloring into the waterway. But the riverbanks are they covered with garbage. For now, That's inspectors a lot of are taking water samples for closer analysis. So they never did figure it out. They just speculated of what it could be. But it couldn't be a plague from heaven. Couldn't be something like that. Hmm, interesting. But you know what's really interesting? It just happened again this past weekend. Just happened this past Sunday while we're right here in this series. Same week. You want to play that? A river in China's Doyang City in Xinjiang province has turned blood red since Sunday. Locals say the water also has a strong, unpleasant odor. It's unclear where the tainted water came from, and authorities are now investigating its source. But it's not the first time the water has turned this color. In 2016, pollution from a local glass factory also caused the same river to turn bright red. Speculated. They didn't prove that. But isn't that interesting? Blood red. Sounds like a sign of the times. But, you know, you can see how people 
reason with these things. You can have the, that's why Pharaoh kept hardening his heart. Because they just kept reasoning and re, didn't matter what it looked like, didn't matter what was happening, they were able to reason it away. But I don't know, I've never seen anything like that in my lifetime up until just recently. So, there you have it. So things turning, waters turning blood red uh, has happened before. So this can be interpreted as literal. Something that actually can happen in the physical, but there are some figurative speech here. Uh, the sea represents nations, and I'm not going to go to all the scriptures. Uh, Isaiah 17, 12, Psalm 65, 7, and Revelation 17, 15 talks about the seas being nations. Great mountain, a great mountain that was cast into the sea. Uh, God's kingdom is likened to a great mountain. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 35, mountains uh, are symbols of kingdoms You'll throughout the book of Revelation. But a great mountain is the kingdom of God. Psalm 36, 6, I will read that to you. It says, your righteousness is like the great mountains. Your judgments are a great deep. Where did this mountain go? In Revelation, into the sea, into the deep. God's judgment. These are God's judgments. This mountain being cast into the sea. It's interesting that Jesus said in Mark 11, talking about faith, he said, you shall say to that mountain, be cast into the sea. And if you don't doubt in your heart, but believe that those things you say will come to pass, you will have whatever you say. So it might have something to do with how we're talking. This mountain being cast into the sea. And again, Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, which goes along with Psalm 36, 6. Your righteousness is like a great mountain. Again, it's talking about the kingdom of God being thrown into the sea of humanity. And when the kingdom of God is thrown into the sea of humanity, a couple things happen. Number one, the blood of Jesus begins to cleanse people and wash people in the sea. And so the sea is turned to blood. And then, of course, there's also martyrdom. There's people that are martyred for their faith. And that also would uh, explain the sea becoming like blood. But what about the ships being destroyed? Is there any symbolism to that? It says, and a third, there's that third again, a third of the ships were destroyed. A third, again, has to do with falling away, doesn't it? Well, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 19 says, having faith and a good conscience, which some, having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. Shipwreck. So, talking about people not maintaining faith and a good conscience, it caused their ship to be wrecked. Their faith ship was wrecked, ruined. So, a third of the ships, again, is a third of those whose faith is destroyed during the Great Tribulation. And a lot of it has to do probably because 
of people being martyred because of the heavy persecution. Remember, you got great glory, but you got great tribulation. You got great persecution, just like you see in the life of Jesus. Great glory, but great persecution. You see it at the early church. Great glory, but great persecution as well. So it will be in the last days, but amplified many times more. The third trumpet, verse 10. Then the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch. And it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. And a third of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died from the water because it was made bitter. So again, it sounds to me... From a natural standpoint, like another meteor hitting the earth. So another meteor, this one resembling a star burning like a torch. So apparently this one is just completely consumed in fire. So again, another meteor hitting the earth. More destruction taking place in the earth. A star, we know, represents angels. Because we saw that when we first started in the first chapter. When, it talked to the, when Jesus told John to write a letter to the messengers of the churches or the angels of the seven churches in Asia. So they were, he said, these are the stars in my hand. They are the messengers or the angels of the churches. So a star is a messenger to the churches. Here, a great star fell to the earth. A great messenger fell. And what happened? It fell on a third of the rivers. I got a river of life flowing out of me. Wisdom is a flowing brook, the Bible says. A spring of living water. Well, here, a great star, a great messenger of the churches falls. And what happens? A third of the rivers and the third of the springs fall away from their faith in the Lord. And the star is wormwood. A third of the waters became wormwood. And many men died from the water because it was made bitter. See, people became bitter in their hearts. The living water that was in them became bitter. They were full of resentment full of unbelief, offense. What is an offended person? It's a bitter person. That's been prophesied to come in the last days. So again, there is a natural side and there's a spiritual side of things that are going to be taking place in the last days. Proverbs 25 verse 26 says, A righteous man who falters before the wicked is like a murky spring and a polluted well. He's polluted here. He's bitter. He's bitter. And so that's going to affect mankind. You know, the church has a lot to do with the direction of the world. If the church wasn't here, the world would have major, major problems. It has major problems, but have much more major problems. We're the salt of the earth. We're the light to this world. We're holding a lot of the darkness back. We're holding a lot of the evil back. But as people begin to fall away, darkness will increase and intensify 
on the earth. But those who know their God and are steadfast and stand strong. Man, the Bible says in the book of Daniel, they're going to carry out great exploits. They're just going to get stronger. They're just going to get more bold. The fourth trumpet, verse 12. Then the fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun was struck, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so that a third of them were darkened. A third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night. Now this is, this looks a lot like the sixth seal. If you go back to Revelation 6 and look at the sixth seal, verse 12. I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood, and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. So here, in, verse, in chapter 8, verse 12, again, it's talking about the sun and the moon and the stars. Again, a third of the sun, a third of the moon, a third of the stars. So from a natural standpoint, it looks a lot like what we talked about with the sixth seal, which is a nuclear winter. After, the, after there's a nuclear war, uh, they tell us that there's, there would be a nuclear winter. There'd be such dirt and debris that fills the atmosphere that it would block the light of the sun and the moon and the stars, keeping it from shining. Temperatures, temperatures would plummet and things would be freezing cold. Vegetation would be destroyed and things would be obviously very miserable. And so we could say from a natural standpoint, this is that nuclear winter that we looked at over with the sixth seal. Now, Jesus said in Luke chapter 21, verse 25, he says that there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars. And on earth distress of nations, he's talking about the same time that we're reading right now. In perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and waves, tsunamis. People fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Now figuratively as we look at this. It's interesting that this is the fourth trumpet. The fourth judgment. And it was on the fourth day that God created the sun and the moon to give its light. Here, with the fourth trumpet, a third of them are being darkened. Now, back in Genesis chapter 1, where he talks about the sun and the moon and the stars. Genesis 1, verse 14, it says, Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. Notice that, to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and seasons. Verse 16. Then God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And watch this again, verse 18. And to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light, divide the light from the darkness. So we see the word ruling used a couple times and this dividing, 
of light and darkness a couple times as well. Well, here, a third of the sun is not shining. A third of the moon and a third of the stars. So again, a third is a falling away. There's going to be a lot of folks that are going to fall away in these last days. And there'll be no separation between darkness and light or day and night. There'll be no separation between the darkness and the day. A third of the light became as darkness. So there's not much of a division anymore of the two. How many people know you and I are here to cause division? We are. Jesus said, he said, don't think that I came to bring peace on the earth. He said, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. To set a mother against son, father against daughter. And remember him saying that? Say the, the truth separates. The light separates the darkness. It divides it. But there will be less of a separation in these last days as the darkness increases on the earth. The sun and the moon and stars will lose their light to the darkness. No longer ruling, but bowing to the darkness. Bowing to the darkness. So there's more we could say about that. Joseph had a dream back in Genesis chapter 37. And in that dream he looked. He saw the sun and the moon and the 11 stars bow down before him. And that represented his father and his mother and his brothers. Who would later bow down before him. And then his father said, will we bow down to you? His father was offended by the dream. And of course the brothers were offended as well. But again, it had to do with bowing down, ruling. And the sun, the moon were given to rule. And the stars were given to rule over the darkness. We're here to rule over the darkness, not blend in and become alike the darkness. We're not to become like it. But many will fall away and become more like it. All right, verse 13. And I looked... And I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, Whoa, 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 to the inhabitants of the earth because of the remaining blast of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. So he's talking about the fifth, sixth, and seventh trumpet. And he, he calls them the three woes. The three woes. Misery, anguish, and calamity that is coming. Chapter 9, verse 1, 9, 1. The fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. And again, what's a star? The star is the messengers of the churches, right? The messenger of the church. And notice, it had fallen. It had fallen. Had fallen to the earth. So not, it's not, it was a fallen star. A fallen angel. A fallen messenger. And the fallen is past tense there. He says, uh, The fifth angel said, I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. Now, a key represents authority. We had some of that. We were talking about some of that last night in prayer. That came up in prayer last night about a key. And, of course, a key has authority because it, it has the authority to unlock things or lock things. Like I have the key to my house. You don't. You get no authority to come over to my house. You don't rule my house. 
You don't have a key. I have the key. I can open it up. I can let you in. Or I can lock you out. I got the key to do that. So a key represents authority. And you remember Jesus said in Matthew 18, 18, he said, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Or whatever you close and lock will be locked. But whatever you unlock and open will be opened. So here is a messenger with a key. He's got authority. He's got the right to open something up. And what is it? It's a key to the bottomless pit. And so he goes and unlocks this key, unleashing some things from hell. Verse 2. And he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Now, we know this is very much in the spirit. I mean, even if you go back to verse 9, where it talks about a star falling from heaven, it says, to him was given, to him was given the key. So it's, that's not talking about a natural star, a meteor, or anything like that. It's a him. It's somebody. And they've been given this authority to unlock the pit. And so in the spirit, this pit, of course, is in the spirit. And so this pit is being opened up. And so what's coming out of this pit in the spirit? Smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. So this is talking about the spiritual atmosphere of the earth being darkened. So that it's difficult to see the sun. And how many people know Jesus in Malachi is referred to as the sun, S-U-N, of righteousness. The son of righteousness. So the son of righteousness is going to be darkened. It's going to be hard for people. Because of the spiritual atmosphere, it's going to be hard for people to be able to recognize righteousness, understand what is right and what is wrong. People are going to be in the dark. It's going to be hard for them to see the truth, to be able to come into the understanding of the truth. Because of the spiritual atmosphere. That's why you and I have to keep the spiritual atmosphere in Goshen. The spiritual atmosphere around our life clear of all the smoke of of the enemy. How many of you know the devil likes to create smoke screens? To keep us from being able to see the Lord Jesus. To be able to see, to receive revelation from him. You know, Brother Kennedy Hagan, a prophet of God. He had a vision. Jesus had appeared to him in this vision and told him that he was going to teach him about demons and how they get a hold of people and how they operate in the earth. And so as Jesus begins to explain some very important things to him in this vision, suddenly a little creature jumped up between Jesus and Brother Hagin in this vision. And the demon began to go, yuggity, 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 yuggity. And so Brother Hagin looks up and he sees Jesus, his mouth still moving. He's still talking. But he's having a tough time hearing what the Lord is saying because this creature's making all this noise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, Brother Hagin's in the spirit. He's seeing this in a vision. How many times has that happened to us? But we didn't see it or know it. We didn't recognize what it was 
that was causing us to have such a tough time reading that Bible? What was making it so tough to get in the Word? What was making it so tough in church? I mean, we came feeling fine, but now, man, I'm having the toughest time in the world. Listen to what the pastor said. I, don't, I, don't care. I can't follow half of what he's saying. I keep going in and out. I keep getting distracted. You know, my mind begins to drift. Yeah, because yuck, 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 is full of all kinds of thoughts that is going in your mind to try to pull your attention off of what the Lord is wanting to say to you. So Brother Hagin, seeing this, he said, and then the devil began to do something that caused smoke to, to appear. And now he could hardly see the Lord. It was like a smoke screen the devil was kicking him. And he could hardly see the Lord. So he said, just out of desperation and frustration, he said, devil, shut up in Jesus' name. And he said, that devil fell to the ground and began to whimper like a little beaten puppy. And the smoke cleared. And Jesus looked at him and said, now, if you didn't do that, I couldn't have. And he said, Lord, I I didn't hear you correctly on that. You said you wouldn't have. He said, no, I couldn't have. And the Lord began to tell him that how he has given us, the church, the authority over demons and evil spirits by giving us his name. He delegated that authority to us. After rising from the dead, he told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. How people know Jesus isn't going into all the world and preaching the gospel? He delegated that to us. Now, he preached it while he was here on the earth. But now that he's gone to heaven, he ain't preaching it anymore. How people know he wants it preached? He wants it preached. I mean, he wants his gospel to go forth. But he ain't the one preaching it. You got to preach it. Otherwise, it ain't getting preached. He also said that you will cast out demons in my name. This is all in Mark 16 chapter after Jesus rose from the dead. It's all part of the Great Commission. He said, in my name, you'll cast out demons. See, we've been given authority in Luke chapter 10. Jesus says, behold, I give you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall be any means harm you. See, but he's given us the authority. He's delegated it to us. We've got the keys. We've got to use it. We've got to keep the devil in his place. But the devil will throw up smoke screens. He'll throw up smoke screens. You know, sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes it's just he'll, he'll work on an individual. Sometimes you can see he's working on the whole congregation. People just get in a smoke screen. It's just struggling, having a tough time, like this past Sunday. Anyway, you should go back and listen to Sunday's message. I can guarantee you, you probably missed 80% of what was ministered Sunday. Most of you. Because, you know, people were being distracted. And I believe a lot of it's supernatural. Sometimes it can be the change of weather and you ate too much. I understand that. But many times when it's a blanket like that, uh, uh, something else is going on. And people know we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. And that means your own flesh and blood. A lot of times you're not just wrestling with yourself. You think, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Yeah, the devil goes, yeah, there's a lot wrong with you. And meanwhile, it's him. It's the devil. I don't know why I'm acting like this. Because it's the devil. You're being inspired. The enemy. He's, he's at work. So we got to take authority over him. So we got to keep our airspace clear. Praise God. And then as we walk through this world, glory be to God, we just walk through the world. 
And we fed it. And in these last days, I mean, people, deep darkness. I mean, there's some stuff going on right now. You look and think, what in the world? I mean, I mean, there's some stuff so obvious in the political arena and in the media and, and things. You just look and say, can't everybody see this? I mean, this is just like, I mean, it's just right there in front of you. Most people can't see it. They're walking around. They're just a part of it. Why? Spiritual darkness. Darkness. And that darkness is increasing. In these last days. And as people yield more and more to evil spirits, they give evil spirits more authority in the earth. And in these last days, there are things perhaps already coming out of the pit that have never even walked the earth before. Think about that. There are evil spirits. And how do you know? Not all, all evil spirits are the same, they're not all created equal. Right? Remember, Jesus talked about the guy that. Uh, when you cast the demon out of him, the demon goes to dry and waterless places seeking rest and finds none. And then he says, I'll go back to the house from which I was cast out. And he goes back and he finds it swept and put in order. And so then he goes and takes with him seven more spirits, more wicked than himself. And they go back and they overtake that man. And now that man, the last state of that man is worse than the first. He's actually worse because he's got seven demons more wicked than the demon that he had. So there are demons that are more wicked than other demons. And so in these last days, that's why we can't be playing around. There are demons being released that have never even walked the earth. There are things that are going to be allowed to come out of that pit that have never even walked on the earth before. Evil spirits that man has never encountered before. They're going to be released upon the earth. They're going to be given that right to come upon the earth and to afflict people and harass people. So here, just just the pit being opened up causes all this darkness to come upon the earth, and it becomes real difficult. I mean, see, we got to overcome these things now. If you're having a tough time, you know, I'm going to get in the Bible, and then you get distracted. If you can't, if you can't do it now, what are you going to do when they open the pit? And you got all kinds of demonic oppression in the atmosphere around you. There are people going to lose their minds. People can't, they can't think straight because of this darkness. But you and I, man, we're trained. We're trained to focus on the Word. We're trained to focus on the Lord. We know, get out of my way, devil, in Jesus' name. And we know how to set our mind on things above and not allow ourselves to be clouded with all this confusion from hell. Hallelujah. And then we can just fan it. Go out there and fan it. We need to get out there and fan people right now. There's people that need some fanning. Get the smoke out of their eyes. Get the smoke out of their eyes. I mean, there's something I'd like to share, but I I won't share it right now. But the details of it. But, you know, I came into the presence of some people that, you know, they were all indignant about something, you know. And they made this comment to me, and they were all indignant, you know. And uh, I just stepped up to them and said something. Just said a few things to them. And next thing you know, their perspective immediately began to change. And in fact, the one guy, he ended up totally, he said, I agree with him. I agree with him. And I was talking to him about a lot of the fear the fear epidemic that's going on around us. And, and he just immediately changed. See, see, people just 
It's simple. What makes it all difficult is the demonic atmosphere around people. All we have to do is just come in and just say a few things, just blow it away. And people go, oh, yeah, I see that. It doesn't take much to see it. I said it doesn't take much to see it. See, a lot of times people don't share the gospel because they've made more out of it than it really is to share the gospel. It's like you think like you have to be like this theologian. Like you have to know how to quote the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation before you can go ahead and share the gospel with somebody. And meanwhile, it's like, friend, the gospel does the work. Why don't you just share your, Why don't you just take the light that you are and take the love that you are and just go ahead and just share life and share your testimony and just talk a little bit about Jesus and a little bit about what he's done because it only takes a little of the leaven of heaven to turn a life completely around. Oh, this is the leaven of the Pharisees. We know about that. But did you know Jesus also said that the kingdom of God is like leaven? That a woman hid until the whole, whole dough became leaven? That's how the kingdom of heaven is. It's just, just take a little leaven. All you got to do is just get a little leaven to somebody. Just get a little pinch in them. And the word won't return void. It's indestructible. And it works. Can you say amen? Let's clear the air. I said, let's clear the air for people. We got to open our mouths. Let the light shine. Somebody say, I'm the light of the world. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. So, he opened the bottomless pit. Smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Verse 3. Then out of the smoke, locusts came upon the earth. And to them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. Notice, as the scorpions of the earth. In other words, these aren't earthly scorpions. These are not natural scorpions. But they have power as the scorpions of the earth. And so, uh, these, these guys aren't natural. These are demons. These are demon spirits. These are evil spirits. And verse 4 says, They were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. Well, I mean, locusts, natural locusts, they're locusts of the earth, that's what they eat. They eat grass, green things, leaves, the trees, right? That's what, they, that's what they harm. That's what they harm. But here, these locusts, aren't interested in chewing on vegetables. They're not interested in vegetation. They want humans. They want humans. They want to feed off of humans. And, uh, and so they've been given authority to harm humans who aren't sealed, who aren't in Goshen. Thank God we're in Goshen. How many people got the seal of God on you? I've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Praise God forever. Keep yourself sealed, sanctified, set apart unto God. Don't be a part of the world's mess. Be a sanctified vessel of God. And when these things come out of the pit, they'll go right around you. They can't touch this. 
Why? Because we're sanctified. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Praise God. Well, we're out of time. We're going to have to end there. I was really hoping we'd get through chapter chapter 9. But uh... That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.